Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And this is Sheila. And we are back to say goodbye to our beloved Better Call Saul. And what a <sighs> goodbye. And what a goodbye. Oh my God. These last I, these last six episodes were just incredible. Uh, I watched them all in one day. Oh, okay. I watched it week by week. So I like I went on the whole journey with Gene and Jeff and Buddy. Oh. Yeah. Well, remember I told you that if I had watched it like you were watching it. Yeah, you'd you'd have wanted to do an episode about every week. We would have talked about it yeah, all the time. You're right. You're right. We weren't going to do that. No, you're right. And I agree. Oh. I think you made the right choice. But oh, well, not only that, but I got in uh, episode three, right? Yeah. At the, uh, it, it had 24 more hours. Right. Oh, God. Well, that was close. <laughs> on the Friday, it was going to go off uh, on the Friday. So, well, okay. Well, we lucked out then, time wise. Yeah, time wise. I just watched it all. I, I just took a Thursday and. I watched it all. Well, I, I was had a terrible migraine and the temperature and the humidity and I think well, there's a fire up at Hayden. Oh okay. and I think there was smoke in the anyway, it was just like I couldn't I'm not doing anything today. Let's no, I, let's get caught up on Better Call Saul. Yep. I get it. Yep. All right. So yeah, um I think everybody, I can't be the only one who was shocked. When they uh, said, nope, the rest of the show is all going to be set in the 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 show's present, uh, which turns out to be, we learned, 2010. Yeah, well, it, and that's the show's present. Like, I thought it was a really good idea. So, therefore, everything that happened in the future was in color. Uh, well, no, black and white. Oh, no, everything that the no, past no. was black and white. The the no, the past was color. The future, the present was black that's and white. What, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. Because his I, whole life is, you know, gray now. Yeah, his whole life is gray now. And I mean, they did a wonderful job, right? Did they uh, ever. Of of just pushing it. Mm -hmm. In fact, his his life at the end, his life has become a little less gray. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's that's a nice touch that um, so we are interest we are introduced to Gene, you know, who is who is, of course, Saul Goodman, who is, of course, Jimmy McGill. Yeah, uh, we are introduced to that. Uh, we are introduced to him. Right. Working at the Cinnabon. And I think yeah. it's notable that I mean, spoiler alert, we're assuming everybody has watched this show, but we are going to only be talking spoilers from here on out. Uh, oh, yeah. it, it is such a nice touch that the first thing we see of him in jail is just bacon bread <laughs> you know, so that they can draw the very clear uh statement right that yeah his life in omaha was exactly the same as prison like he was just he was just in the waiting room for prison like yeah. he thought he was like he was trying to get away but trying to get away being on the run was a prison and they like they make that unbelievably literal by showing him working the bread making in the kitchen yeah. in prison it's such a well, nice choice I, well i just i thought the whole thing the whole thing the way it ended oh. was just i i'm just going yeah well you know saul goodman was because they all recognized him the prisoners that when he was going to the like he had wanted to go to one of those the, special the country club jail. The country club jail. 
Anyway, at, at the end, we'll get to that in a sec, but they send him oh, off. To I know, and everybody knows Better Call Saul. And, and they all thought that he would get beaten up and blah, 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 blah. But no, oh somebody God. recognizes him as Saul Goodman. And like, Better you think Saul they're going to beat him up? Uh, the world's greatest jailhouse lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally the best jailhouse lawyer that anyone could ever want. Because he's a real lawyer and one who's famously good at his job. He'll do fine in prison. It turned out he was going to do fine. He was yeah. probably more worried. He was probably a little worried about it. That's why he wanted to oh, go exactly. to it. But it turns out yeah. he didn't need to be worried. This is his environment. These are his people. Yep. Oh, <laughs> he finally gets to just be himself. And yeah, like to he would like to retake being Jimmy McGill, but that ship has sailed. He saw Goodman and everyone knows he saw Goodman. And he was probably always Saul Goodman. On some level, yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, but it's not Saul Goodman that confesses to everything and chooses to go to jail for the rest of his life. That sure as hell isn't Saul Goodman except doing that. Except for maybe good behavior. Well, yes, except for maybe good behavior. <laughs> and honestly, he might go for a pardon at some point. Who the hell knows? <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. Yeah. But yeah, you know, that he says that, well, you know, there's always good behavior. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, years. It, oh my it's God. all those, yeah. it was, it was just watching him, right. Mm -hmm. His life, right. And he, and, you know, per, doing those robberies. Yeah. That's the fascinating part, right? Yeah, so he gets out and he like, he, the first off, well, all the Carol Burnett stuff was magnificent. Yes. She was so good. Yeah, unreal. Yeah, such a good performance from Carol Burnett. Really loved her. Uh, but yeah, like him, uh, the way he chooses to deal with Jeff is to, you know, show him the world of crime. It's like, oh, well, you want to feel like you're uh, a somebody? I can show you that world, but then we're through. But the problem is, then he remembers what it feels like to be a somebody. Well, yeah, and and he goes, and when he's going into the, oh. the 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 department store, right, and he picks out something that was very Saul Goodman. -y. I know, and he grabs. And by the way, even without color, we know what he's doing. You know, yeah, we can I, see the pattern. We know what's happening here. Yeah, and he puts it back on the rack, right? Because he he's not no, ready yet. He can't. He can't. Well, no, he can't because. Anything that is going to make him stand out. Yep. And, you know, I mean, the, the kid, I mean, the, the taxi driver who recognized him had got, been in trouble in Albuquerque already. Yep. And, um, and that's why he, he was actually, he was actually the, um, the, uh, the, the, the flasher. Was that's he? What he, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what his mother says. That's what oh, Carol Burnett says at one Nice point. touch. Yeah, yeah, he was actually that flasher that that was mentioned that time. That was mentioned. Well, and what I love is, I gotta say, um, I was a little concerned when I heard they had to recast Jeff, but it just goes to show that it didn't affect it at all. Like you didn't affect it at all. No, no, it was so long since. Yeah, any... it had been a year since we'd seen him. You know, so oh. more than a year since we'd seen him, so it's not a big deal. Uh, but yeah, like, and I always say, like, just recast people. If people aren't available, don't don't rewrite it. Just recast people. It's fine. Nobody cares. They understand no. what's going on narratively. 
they understand that you need like sometimes you need a new actor that was what they that was the mistake they did in house of cards like no just recast the president it's fine everybody yeah. knows why kevin spacey's not there you know <laughs> you don't have to completely change the end of your show and by all accounts utterly botch the last season just because kevin spacey's a scumbag who should be in jail you know? Yeah, just get another scumbag, Alec Baldwin, for Alec example. Alec Baldwin's right there. You know, <laughs> he would have done it. Yeah. He would have done it just fine. But yeah, it's it's very frustrating when they yeah, do that, no, and that's was... why I like that they just like, no, it's fine. Jeff's gone. The actor who played Jeff got another job because he couldn't sit around waiting for three weeks on Better Call Saul. So no. he went and he got another job, and it was filming at the same time. So what are you going to do? Yeah. And it doesn't matter because it, it, the focus is he's just a minor character. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, just, a, he's just a catalyst for what Gene yeah. is going through. Yeah. And, and Gene is, is, you know, doing his, and I, you know, those scenes of him in the beginning, you know, of just the complete routine. I know. So, like this was, I could not believe how well yep. it was all done. Oh yeah. That it, just so slow and just so you know monotonous but it wasn't when you were watching it no his no. life that to get the idea that his life was so monotonous now was needed so to. routinized well i mean there's that wonderful moment right uh at the end of goodfellas where henry hill is talking about how much his life sucks that he had to, because he had to, you know, uh, because he can't get, uh, you know, that well, uh, they give him, well, no, no, they, they, they give him spaghetti and ketchup when he orders, you know, marinara in, in his yeah. time camp. <laughs> right. And I, that, that famous moment from Goodfellas and in a way like this, and it's all about he, how he misses that he used to be somebody, right. He misses yeah. that he used to matter. And in a way, like that. it's the adrenaline rush. Well, of course, the adrenaline rush. He's absolutely. an adrenaline junkie. Both he and Kim were adrenaline junkies. Yeah. And, and oh no, they absolutely were. And I just find it amazing that uh, you know, <laughs> amazing that they managed to take that and fully tell that story, just like the one that Henry Hill went through. Like it's the same story of what he's gone through, of like losing everything that he used to define himself. Like everything he's used to define himself has been taken away and he's not in jail, but does that really matter? No, it, it doesn't really matter because life is boring. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> life sometimes boring is very, very difficult to deal with, yeah. to come to terms with. And um, it, it is, I mean, and then bringing Kim into it when he calls Kim, right? Um, okay, we'll get we'll get there in a second. But I will say it's really interesting to find out that he'd only been there for like, what, six months, nine months or something? <laughs> like, that's how crazy he, that's how quickly he went stir crazy. Because like, it's set at the end of 2010, right? It's the winter of 2010 going into 2011. And the end of, oh no, sorry, not, um, he's only been there for a year and a half. I meant to say, not a year and a half. It's it's six months after the end of Breaking Bad, but of course that's a year after he went into hiding. But it's like he has been there for eighteen months and he is already going mad, you know? Yeah, complete. I mean, completely. Well, he does it. He can. He's yeah. he knows, you know. And then he he just can't. 
cope with it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't blame him it to, you know, I mean, and we watch it. We watch him doing these little things. We don't know what he's doing initially, mm-hmm. you know, and going down and he'd had a run in with the security guy, but he goes he down comes and to apologize. And then when you figure out what he's doing, I yeah. mean, that whole episode is just like a, it's a, it's a, it's a heist movie. Like the yeah. whole thing is we're just watching a full heist movie on the show Better Call Saul. Call Saul and, you know, just the the training of the guys. And do yeah. you want this? And you only take three. No, because you don't. That way take they're not going to notice right away. They're not doing like they just did their inventory. They're not going to do an inventory again for months and months. And oh. they wouldn't have the slightest idea that it was all stolen at once by the time they're doing the inventory. Because how could they? Yeah. yeah, like it's and a very tape. good plan. And, and the tapes will have been long since erased. Yeah, and I think that, well, what he had said, he said they won't do inventory until the end of the month. And by yeah. then, until two months later, yeah, and exactly. by then the tapes are erased. Yeah, so the tapes are long gone. And so, what? yeah, they'll know all this, all this stuff is missing, but they'll have no idea it was taken by organized thieves all at once. They'll and just assume oh, it was normal shoplifting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they, they'll be like, oh, this was just, you know, shrinkage over the course. It was $30,000 worth of shrinkage over the three months between inventories or six months between inventories. Who the hell knows how long it is between the, like he says, it's going to be in two months, but that's the next one. Who the hell knows how long it was since the last one? Yeah, yeah but pl- any- plenty of stores, plenty of department stores like that only do inventory like twice a year because there's so much to do. You're basically like shutting down you have to wait for a holiday and shut down the store for a day to do the inventory yeah well it's it's pretty it's pretty funny somebody stole something from one of my favorite little stores in oh, the no. suit called hill tribe but they've got a picture on her on, of her on video nice in the store so they put it up on you know crime stoppers does anybody know who this woman is oh, she only nice. stole 50 bucks oh oh okay I guess, I guess, I mean, it still needs to be done. Don't get me wrong, but you know, 50 bucks worth. And it's a, it's a small store. That's the thing. And that's it, why I'm 100%. It's a boutique you know, store. It's a boutique store that's privately owned. So you're not going to hear me. Uh, there's times when I'm like, oh, if it's, it's a Walmart, I don't care if you shoplift from Walmart. I'm not going to, but I don't care if you do go ahead, go nuts. It's Walmart. They're literally an evil corporation. Yeah, whereas this is a nice, this little- is a, yeah, this is a boutique that an actual person owns. So no, I'm not yeah. for in favor of shoplifting there. Like choose your targets wisely. Consider the moral dimension people (laughs) before you start shoplifting. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's not well, except that it it is an almost unique boutique store in terms of its clothing and in terms of, and it has, you know, it sells. um, Well, it wouldn't have been the jewelry this person was able to get because it's all under lock and key. Like you can't get at any of the little boutique jewelry because it's all private. I think they must sell for local artists as well. Oh, okay. So like consignment stuff. But there would be books and there was, um, they sell patchouli uh, incense sticks and they sell, you know, some of those crystally things not important to get into what they sell uh but yes the heist is beautiful (laughs) the heist is beautiful and then the key part is right after he's done the heist right yeah right after he's done the heist that's when he goes and he calls her 
Yes. This is so we find out what the phone call he arranged with Francesca was. Yeah. It was to find out, you know, I'm going to call you, you know, a year from after I run or a year and, you know, 18 months after I run. And I need you to tell me, is anyone looking for me? Like, what do they have? What do you have a sense? And it turns out they got basically all of his hidden accounts. And Francesca is very frustrated to find out that her name was on a bunch of those hidden accounts. She said, without her permission. She she understandably peeved. And so she's like, of course I didn't cover for you. You put my name. I, uh, I, you know, I quite understandably told them I had no idea what they were talking about and signed all the paperwork they needed to seize the accounts. Because why wouldn't I? Francesca has always been very sensible and known exactly who she was working for. Oh, Lord, yeah. You gotta respect Francesca. There, I'll say it. But Kim has asked about him. Kim asked about him and asked if he's still alive. And that's all he needs to realize he's got to reach out to Kim. And of course, he knows where Kim is. And like, again, we've established, and we didn't talk about this much before, but it was established in the flashbacks that Kim's from Omaha. He didn't accidentally end up in Omaha. He went to Omaha because of a naive, you know, you know, Hail Mary hope that Kim would be able to find him. Yeah. Because he knows he can't reach out to her, but he thought he had this like, you know, foolish romantic idea somewhere in him that, well, you know, if Kim wants to find me, I'll go to the one place where she can find me. And that's so sad because of course Kim wasn't looking for him. Not after what he did. Not after what she did. And then we get the Kim episode, which is so good. Oh, it's so sad. No, it it was like, you don't feel sorry for Jimmy. He brought all this on himself. But there's Kim and the life he's living well. What the hell, you know, but. Oh, Kim living this life. It re- yes, it re- it does remind you very much of uh, Goodfellas. Yeah, the witness protection. These bland, like this bland, completely and like literally flavorless world she's living in. Yeah. Because I mean, it's not. I'm not. You know, stretching to say literally flavorless. You got characters talking about like, is it okay to use Miracle Whip instead of mayonnaise? You yeah. shouldn't even be using mayonnaise. It's mayonnaise. Well, you know, they didn't have any of our favorite. Like you don't, you don't know what he's talking about initially, and and it's about ten yeah. minutes to find out. Well, it turned out the miracle whip wasn't bad, and there's Kim. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. You know, the potato salad did turn out okay. It turned out okay, <laughs> you're like, oh, the depths to which he she has sunk. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> It's like we're literally she won't let herself have an opinion about anything. People come to her is like, should I do? Should we have vanilla or we should have uh, strawberry? She's like, they're both good. (laughs) She won't take a stand. She won't risk offending anyone. She won't risk being noticed by anyone. And the crazy part is, like, she hasn't even committed a crime, uh, except for, of course, the Howard stuff she lied about. But no one's, no one could conceivably be looking for her for that. You know, so she's just like, she just doesn't want to get involved in anything because she's, you know, worried that she's going to become the worst version of herself again that she was with Jimmy. Yeah. 
That's the big problem. Yeah. She's worried. And besides, she still is holding that enormous amount of guilt. Of course, over what happened to Howard. To Howard. Yep. Oh, what a, oh my God. And then, so we get with the contact, because all we see from the phone call in the first episode where Jimmy decides to go back to scamming full time and mm -hmm. recruits Jeff and Buddy is that he had a screaming fight with her on the phone. Yeah. We don't see what the details of it were. And then we find out that she's like still guilty and oh, thinks he should uh, turn himself in and stop running. And, and he says, well, if you feel so guilty, then turn yourself in, go ahead. Everybody like, you can't say you're running for your life anymore because anybody who would have killed us over this is dead. You know, Mike's gone. Gus is gone. Who exactly like, if you feel so guilty about it, well, you're free to go and confess. And, and the last she, thing he expects is that she actually would. Yeah, he doesn't find out either, but no. she actually does. Yeah, she goes right to Albuquerque and confesses everything. What they did to Howard and how that resulted in Howard's death. And she and ended up talking to Howard's widow. Howard's and wife? All, yeah. Oh. And the horrible scene where she has to, you know, make amends for her monstrous behavior at Howard's wake. Yeah, and oh. she says, and she said, well, why was he killed? She said it was literally the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, it was a complete random chance. Yeah. You know, it had nothing to do with him. He wasn't involved with drugs. He wasn't involved with any of the criminal stuff we were doing. He just happened to be there. Yep. Oh, such an intense scene. Like such an incredibly intense scene. It was as she's just sitting there in her mm -hmm. black self. Yep. And that's oh. all it is. And she says, well, what am I supposed to do? She said, well, she said, I'm all, you know, Kim already, before she went to see Howard's widow, she, yeah. she had already filed. Confessed everything with, to the DA. Yeah. And as she says, you know, it's like, well, the DA says that, you know, they're probably not going to charge. Be like, the DA has it, but it doesn't look like they're going to charge. If you want to sue me, go ahead. You've got all of the evidence there. Yep. Damn. Wow. And then we get, uh, and then we get Jimmy being unwilling to let it go because she, he has said that, what do I have to feel guilty about? And so what does he do when he goes in denial? He starts hustling again because yep. this entire show has been his demand to not, you know, be uh, responsible for anything yeah. evil that he has done. Well, and honestly, he sees, uh, you can make the argument, and tell me what you feel about this. You can make the argument that it's him trying to get somebody, he's trying to get caught by the end of it. Because he has his wonderful scam of going to bars where rich people hang out, and he's reliving the time that uh, he and Kim, uh, you know, hustled Ken way back when. Yeah. Just going to bars and hanging out with rich guys and doing this wonderful thing where he drugs them. Where he drugs them and he has Jeff take them home. And then he has Jeff put a, a piece of tape on. Then he has Buddy sneak in and uh, <laughs> sneak in and uh, get all of their personal information so that they can do identity theft on them. Like, it's a really great scheme. Like, it's yeah. uh, of all of his scams, it's a really great one because how are, if they, the identity theft doesn't start happening until four or five months later. How the hell are you possibly going to know when your identity got stolen? You weren't robbed. Nobody did anything to you. So how would you know? 
Yeah. And then I think that the downhill, but that, that one is going and yes, you know, the last one, um, one of the guys, cause he's involved two guys in this, right? Jeff and buddy, Jeff and buddy and buddy just says, no, my dad died of cancer. I'm not doing this to a guy. Well, no. And the key moment before then is he already, Jimmy already knows he has cancer because the guy told him about it because he's got this big line of pills and he's got this. uh, And so we have this moment where like, is Jimmy going to back off? And it's like, no. And this is where I wanted your, your weigh in on whether he was looking to get caught. Cause you know, buddy says, no, my dad died of cancer. I'm not, you know, screwing this guy. And so he fires buddy and demands Jeff take him back to the house. Well, it's not only that. He says, well, he says, look, he's alone and who cares because he's be dead long before the identity. The theft. Yeah, theft even happens. I know. It's so horrible. It was so, it was just, I just thought. And, <sighs> but it's like, I can't help but think if, uh, and I mean, if I'm reading too much into this, you can tell me, but he sees this, you know, deep, gravely ill man, you know, trying to, trying to keep going against his diagnosis living alone in this big house. And I'm like, is he, is he worried that if he goes soft on this guy, that means he was too harsh to Chuck? Well, yeah. And we do see the flashbacks to Chuck. That's, that is why you, you know, later on that connection. But I don't think at that point, I I, I don't think that he's thinking about that because he is still, he is still bent and determined because, of course, the the guys get caught. The one guy gets caught. In fact, he wasn't even the guy doing the robbery. Well, no, it was. But I mean, I think the key part, and this is why I go into the does he want to get caught? Because they tell him, Buddy tells him, look, I took the tape off the door. You won't be able to get in. Right. And hearing that it's more risky only seems to make him more interested in doing it. Like it makes Jimmy more interested in doing it. Cause it's like, cause like you said, he's addicted to the thrill of this. He's addicted to the risk. Yeah. So that means, but that puts, puts him away from really wanting to be caught because he's going to pull his lawyer stick with, uh, with uh, <laughs> what's his face. Who's in jail. Oh, oh yeah no no i'm not saying he consciously wants to get caught i'm saying he's doing more and more risky things because of this guilt i and don't he, i I, uh, I mean it's uh, again it's possible i'm misreading uh, i think i think you want it to be the case yeah but i think that everything that comes after it after he is caught yeah because it's not like he's not going to try to get out of it figures yeah. out who he is and calls yeah. the cops. I know. Oh, and how great a scene is that? Oh, yeah, because, you know, he's going to and then he just, well, he can't kill her. He's not going <laughs> to kill. All he can yes. do is threaten her. He's never going to kill her. No, he's, and not, she, he's not that guy. No. Yeah. And, and so she calls him. And for the first time, right, for the first time since, uh, you know, since he's been living in Albert, living in Omaha, someone refers to him as Saul Goodman. Yeah. And that perfect moment where she finally refers to him as Saul Goodman. Yeah. You're like, yep, that is, that is who he is. But yeah, he tries to get, and then he goes on the run and he gets caught in a dumpster. (laughs) Oh, the indignity, you know? 
of it all. Oh my god, he gets caught in a dumpster. As if as if it weren't bad enough being caught. But hey, you can say this about uh Gene. He doesn't let his staff down. Because <laughs> his one phone call is to his assistant manager to tell her to take care of the store for the rest of the week and let corporate know they're gonna need a new manager. Ah. <laughs> uh. But then the minute he's done that, he start he goes back to being Saul Goodman and he starts plotting and he calls his old buddy <laughs> from the he uh who is now his old buddy from uh from the DA's office in Albuquerque, who's now hung up a shingle as a private uh sorry as a defense attorney, as a private defense attorney, and he's like, Hey, uh, you know, how would you like the most important trial of your career? Yeah, even if you lose, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, you know? Oh, and then we get the negotiation. We get the beautiful. The, the First off, the cameo by uh, Marie is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved her. She was so good talking about Hank. It was just so powerful, so wonderful. Yeah. Although I, I will not, uh, I will not let it pass without our criticism that yeah, let's not forget that Hank got killed because he was trying to preserve his career. Yeah, Hank was, you know, Hank was not this. this Hank, he was Hank. not a saint. Okay, no. he, they, they <laughs> turned him into, you know, but, she I mean, turned that's, him into a saint. And that's what they do. I mean, that's what they do with all. You know, whenever you have a martyr, you turn him into a saint. That's what martyrs are for. Yeah. Right. And but the fact is, uh, she knew. Like uh, she knew, and and the thing is. She said that they should just go to the cops and Hank said that it'll destroy my career. I've got to do, take care of this on my own. And she's got to live with the guilt of knowing that she could have just called the DEA. Yeah. And she could have, she could have dropped a dime on Walter at any point, yeah. but she did it Hank's way. And that's why Hank died Yeah. because it would destroy his career. And she thought, you know, and I mean, it's, it's a tragic situation, but let's not all, let's not all remember Hank as some kind of a superhero. No, no, no. Let's go back and watch Breaking Bad and just remember what a sleaze he was to some extent. Yeah. Oh my anyway, God. it's, you know, just because. Still, a fanta still just a miraculously good scene though. She's so good. Oh, she is so good in it. But of course the key to that scene is Jimmy. Oh my God! The and story how he, he tells about the, how he met, and he's the victim, and oh. was afraid all his life, and the rest of it. And you, you're wondering what the hell has he turned his life around? No, he's no. back in his chair, and he says, "How do you think that'll play to the jury?" Yep. All and, I, and oh, it's I, like, well, no, but as they say, you they really think a jury's going to believe that? And he's like, "I just need one of them." Yeah. No, he says, "All I need is one." Yep. All I need is one. Yeah, you and know, so and, then, cuts... and then I went back to the 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 old jury thing in in Britain, right, where it's uh, <laughs> you know? yeah, where it's just majority, yeah, where it's a simple majority, <laughs> you know. So I'm going, yeah, but he's yeah. right. All he needs is to persuade one. Yeah, he and goes. He's through. got it. He's out of there. All they have to do is you know believe that. And the thing is, Walter White was a monster. Yeah. And the problem it's is not that hard a thing to sell that well no. that he was scared for his life against Walter White because he legitimately was scared for his life that Walter was going to kill him on more than one occasion. Yeah. Like that part is true, but the and part Walter where was... he was an active participant in the crime is more true. Yeah. Right. 
that yeah. Walter, as he says, Walter would have been dead or in jail in a month if he didn't have me. And that's true. Yeah. Like, that's completely accurate. Walter was not good at this until he met Saul Goodman. Nope. And Saul got, because he's like, you're not a good drug kingpin. You were a great chef. Let me, let me put you together. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah no. With I'm someone not... who can sell your th stuff for you. Yeah. So it, brilliant. Yeah, and we see all of these flashbacks. I mean, it's just wonderful <sighs> seeing all these different flashbacks. And, you know, the but, flashback where Mike tells him not to work with Walter White. Yeah. Because he's just like, I don't like the look of this guy. Yeah. All right. And we'll talk about the other flashbacks in a second. But do you remember? Do, do you remember the significance of the mint chocolate chip ice cream? No. Ah, okay. So it's a thematic thing because that's oh, his favorite it flavor. Was, but... It's a, that's his favorite flavor. But the significance yeah. in this scene is when Nacho picked him up. Remember when Nacho shanghaied him to come and, uh, you know, get into cartel business. Yeah. That's what gets dropped on the ground. The mint chocolate chip ice cream that he was eating. So it's 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 reminding us of the moment he stopped being his own man and started being a corrupt lawyer who worked for the cartels yeah. and helped them cover up their crime. And so that's that's why we were supposed to remember the mint chocolate chip ice cream. Uh, and a particular God. brand and everything else. Yeah, exactly. I think that that was, I mean, poor Marie, you know, as she said, you're not oh. going to buy this. And, but of course, they're all going, oh, freak. They can't lose right. this case. They can't risk losing this case. No. And that's the key part is like any like the, it would be catastrophic if they were to lose this case. Yeah. And a guilty plea is always better than going to trial from the point of view of the D.A. Because like, you know, like uh, like Saul says, you never know what might happen. Yeah. Oh, no, so but and then and then we get the flashbacks. Oh, the flashbacks. And uh you get the key moment. So the flashbacks are fantastic. But what I loved was that flashback where he's there with Mike. And, you know, it does the whole, if you had a time machine, where would you go? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And Mike, for a moment, thinks, well, obviously I would save my son's life. Yeah. That's the first thing he would think. And then he's like, he has a moment and he thinks to himself and he's like, no. I would, uh, I would... I would not go take the first step down the road that brought me here. Yeah. And he's like, the first time I took, the first day I took a bribe, that's what I would go and I would take back. I would not take the first step on the road that got me here. Right. And then he gets the same question with Walter, who is terrible because Walter is always terrible. <laughs> he's so cruel. Oh, yelling at him for talking about a time machine. And he says, do I have any regrets? And then he's like, and he's still claiming that everyone is out to get him. And that, you know, the other people from Grey Matter, that Gretchen and Elliot screwed him. Yeah. You know, like, no. Yes, but the they, interesting part with Jimmy. You is left, you left her, they got together, and you said, I can't work with the two of you. That's that's why you're here. That's why you're not in a billion dollar corporation. Yeah, no, no. Now you're talking about breaking bad, but what what I, I thought was 
the really good part of the flashback yeah. was 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 Jimmy's response, which was go, you know, he'd go back to when he broke his leg. Yep. You know? Yeah. And and Mike just looks at him, so you were always like that. No, no, no. That's uh that's not uh um no no. Uh that's uh, with Mike. He says that he would go back and, you know, take the XF money and invest in Warren Buffett's hedge fund the day oh, yeah. it was founded. Okay. It, that's what he says to Walter. He talks about, you know, that's the right. time he pulled a con and, and broke his Walter. leg. And then Walter's final line in the entire franchise is, so you were always like this, yes. <laughs> which is such a brutal thing to say. Yeah, it is such a brutal thing to say in that moment, but it is completely true. So you were always like this. Yeah. And then we get the big court thing. So he finds out he finds out that Kim has confessed and might get sued out of into oblivion by Howard's widow. And he's like, and so he tells the D.A. that he's going to have charges against her. So subpoena her to come and be in the courtroom, uh, the courtroom. And that's, but of course, he is not decided to turn on Kim. It is just a last show to say that Jimmy McGill still exists. And he gets up and he voids his plea and he confesses to everything. And he says that Kim had nothing to do with anything knowingly criminal. Not, not true, but. <laughs> not true, but he wants to get her out of there. Like he wants, he wants to do the right thing finally. And he knows it's ultimately his fault. And if he's going to take responsibility for the first time in his damn life, yeah. well, you know what? Why not take some extra responsibility? Yeah. Right. Oh no, it was Kim, right? It was yeah. Kim, like, he's going to go to jail for life anyway. So, so what does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. What, does but it what happens is that, yeah, finally we find out after all of this, that there is something that Jimmy cares about more than himself. Yep. I mean, I mean, and we, and it was, we kind of suspected that's how we felt about Kim, but it's nice to see it confirmed. Well, and not only see it confirmed, but that it's, it is, you know, I, I, it was so right, like right to the end, he's being yeah. Saul Goodman, right? Yeah. Right to the last moment. In, in in all of those court cases and doing the plea. Yep. Every scene, even on the plane. With his lawyer yeah, getting because, but, carted back. And remember, William t tells him, look, Kim's in real trouble here. Yeah. You know, and there, and and that's what finally gets him. To take responsibility. To take responsibility. Because he didn't take God. responsibility with the only, uh, for what he did with the only other person he truly cared about in his life, Chuck. Yeah. He never took responsibility there. So he takes responsibility here. And that's why after he's finally taken responsibility, we get the Chuck flashback, which is also magnificent. Yes. And you see Chuck, you know, racked with guilt because he knows he's sabotaging uh, like Jimmy's career. And he keeps even there as Jimmy is devoting all of his time and effort to helping out Chuck. Yeah. He's still trying to convince Jimmy not to be a lawyer. I mean, J he's you know. still trying to undercut Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were two terrible people. We've already. They really were. Well, yeah. We've talked about that way too much already, um, but it's such yeah. a good scene and it's so nice to see Michael McKean one more time. Yeah. They, they, they did some brilliant yeah. uh, sort of parts of it editing and parts of it getting mm -hmm. people back. 
It, we also saw it. Jesse Pinkman and uh, Walter White, which was nice. Yeah, we saw we saw the scene after they kidnapped him, and we saw the time that she uh, that uh, they signed their divorce papers. Yeah, and uh, Kim briefly met Jesse, yep. and Crazy Eight was there. You know, from Jesse's old cooking partner. Yep. Who uh, who they killed with phosphine gas back in the pilot? Like the 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 people they got back for this. Yeah, they got everybody back. No, this it was it i will now say that it is the most satisfying ending to any show i've watched yeah. in its entirety i cannot believe it's a perfect ending it is just so because of course he ends up in jail then yeah kim comes to see him in jail and there he yeah bread and the rest well, of it. But we see him going to jail, and that's when you get the Saul Goodman, Saul Goodman, all the guys. Yep. <laughs> I know. Everybody knows better call Saul. And then and then he's going to, and then he's going to, he has that little smile on his face because he knows he's going to be fine. Yep. Yeah. Nobody. Again, best that. possible. Nobody's going to mess with better call Saul. No. <laughs> you know, and then Kim comes to see him. You know, and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, well, and I think this is key. And what I thought was really interesting was, so I went and I read an interview with Vince Gilligan Yeah, and they had two cuts of the ending. Yeah. Right. And the first cut was, um, the scene where they're all, um, end it with them smoking in the interrogate in the, like the conference cell. Yeah. Because that, you know, visually matches their first scene together in the first episode. Yeah. But then that we go to the end, then we have the edit they used, right? Which is uh, him waving to her from behind bars yeah. and her leaving. Yeah. And I think it was important to end that way. Yeah. Because if you end with the two of them together, the question becomes, has like, for the rest of time, is has Jimmy sucked her into this thing of his? Yeah, but by showing him behind bars and her walking away as the last shot of the whole show, yeah. it really sells the idea that she's now moving on from Jimmy. And hopefully that works for her. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Oh, what? But you're right. What an ending. Yeah, and and she might. I mean, she might visit him again. Of course. But, uh, but I, I mean, she might. It's not like, yeah. It's but after that, like she's she's really her own person now. She's not Mrs. McGill. She's not Mrs. Goodman. And she can she can go back, and she could even go back to being a lawyer. Yeah, because she's been none helping. Yeah, going to help out with legal aid. And it turns out her her law card doesn't have a expiration date on it so yeah so even though she's uh because uh it well i mean that was more so she could trick the lawyers at the jail yeah. sorry the lawyers the judge the thing the jail but it but it's also a key line yeah to say that for her it's the idea of becoming a lawyer again is open to her like that is an option she has in the future and given that we see her go to legal aid yeah. and just start answering phones we're like that might be something she does in the future yeah, yeah. she might get her law degree back and actually do the things she should have done when instead they killed Howard. Yeah. You know, that amazing sequence where 
Ah, uh, where he offers her everything she wanted and she turns it down to screw over Howard. Oof. No wonder she felt she had to, like, tear apart her whole life. Yeah. Because but now she, she knows. Doesn't... Well, yeah. and the thing is, is now, you see, the other thing about her walking away is now there's never going to be any temptation. Yeah, exactly. Jimmy is behind bars forever. Mm-hmm. And there will never be any temptation, so she doesn't have to yeah. pretend and be bland and be concerned because the relationship that took her down that road was just her and Jimmy. Well, and I think it's so fascinating that, like, she had the potential to be worse than Jimmy. Yeah. But she needed an enabler. Yeah. And that's what Jimmy did. Yeah. And in a sense, you're like, does that make Jimmy worse? Kind of, yes. <laughs> because at the end of the day, she was so shocked by what had happened, she was able to take responsibility for her actions and realize what she had done, and Jimmy wasn't. And Jimmy just ran. Yep. And Jimmy... Uh, and well, as he says, like, she's the one who left the state, but he's the one who ran. And it's such a beautiful line. Yeah, it, it is. It's um, it, it is interesting to watch you know, this final redemption sort of for Jimmy mm -hmm. is that he sets Kim free. Because, yeah. you know, well, serving jail time, well, you know, yeah. he's fine. He'll be there for the rest of his life unless he gets out, he gets sick or whatever. Yeah. Compassionate release or a pardon or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like it's it's such a good thing that he's able to actually let her go. Yeah. You know, he's able to get past this. And that's so wonderful. Yeah. It's such a nice touch and it feels so good at the end of it. You're like, yep, you got the perfect ending show. Yeah. Yeah. It How often do you get to see a show that you feel like has a perfect ending? But it really is. Yeah. And who like could have? Well, I mean, the writing has always been so good. Yeah. Good. And and it 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 puts a capper on Breaking Bad. Everything. Well. It does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 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 it completes Breaking Bad. That's what's so strange about it. Mm -hmm. Is that it completes Breaking Bad as well. Yeah. Like, it really does feel like the perfect ending to both shows. To close out the whole universe. Yeah. Of Breaking Bad. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't... I, I have been open about the fact that I had no idea how they were going to pull off an ending to this. That yeah. was satisfying. But they did. It was it was perfect. Yeah. You know, it really was. They pulled off the ending to end all. You know, <laughs> like this really is, well, it is. Uh, an accomplishment. Yes. And at the end of it, I watched, you know, I mean, how these people can do this. You know, I it, sometimes it just amazes me the entire mm -hmm. thought process that goes into all of this. Right. Completely. From beginning to end. Yeah. And I know it's, you know, it's not my world in that. Yeah. That, you know, it just, it's a stunner and they did it and they came up. As I said, this is, well, I shouldn't say that. The only other thing that, that rivals it is Vincenzo. Yeah. <laughs> but they had a much easier task because that was just a yeah. straight story. Yeah. With a simple arc with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. They had a lot more to do with here. But yes, Vincenzo also has a perfect ending. Yeah. That's the only thing. And I do think that this, because it is, as you say, it closes down a universe, 
Yeah. Satisfying ending because Jimmy cannot get away with this. No. Even though, you know, his life isn't going to be, I mean, even though he's in prison. Yeah. You know, Jimmy can deal with it. Oh, yeah, he can. And again, the like, as they showed, the real prison he was in was running away from responsibility. Yeah. Was this guilt that was trapping him that he couldn't get away from. And so he just sat there and thought about the good old days before, you know, he had to, <laughs> before it all fell apart. And really, he had never gotten over be feeling responsible for his brother's death. Yeah. Which he was. I mean, he didn't mean to kill him. His brother was like never thinking yeah. about the consequences of anything that he did. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was in that sense. Um, yes, he was always much worse, and you always knew that he went bigger and harder rather than rather than facing or changing or anything. He just went further down the road. He always doubled down. Always, always doubled, doubled down. down. And we talked about yep. that when we've talked about different parts of the show mm -hmm. no, Jimmy was just and and you could see anytime something went wrong right? he just doubled down and, always I mean he blamed somebody else then he doubled down on his worst behavior every single time yeah it wasn't his fault and it was it's I mean the Carol Burnett character like is is just so good yeah she's such it's such a nice performance and such a good touch for her to just be like say no you know like to see someone conning her and realize that it was all a con it was all a fake and he was all this artificial person who he created to take her in and just stands up to him and looks him in the eye and knows he's not a killer because she can read people too yeah. and then presses Thanks. the button and talks to her medic alert person yep Oh, such a good scene. But just the fact that they found a way to make Jimmy have a, that catharsis of just admitting everything. Yeah. You know? And that's the, like having this catharsis of just admitting everything and finally taking responsibility. Because that's what we've been waiting for. And I mean, and the weird part is it's, it's what we were, uh, it is, it does again, rhyme and feel a little like what happened with Walter White because like Walter White's great uh, realization in the last episode of Breaking Bad is he finally, he's finally ready to admit that no, he didn't do it for his family. No. He did it because he got to feel like he mattered. Yeah. Because he always wanted to feel like he was the best at something and he finally got to feel like he was the best at something. You know, and that's all it ever was to him. Because Walter White was a bad guy. Yeah. And I stand by my assessment that if you're asking me to pick lesser of two evils, Gus Fring was of the lesser of two evils between him and Walter White. Oh, for sure. Walter. That's just a fact. Yeah. I, I, well, I think we talked about that too. I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I agree that Gus, Gus Fring, it, it was a, it's a whole different sort of story. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I, I ain't uh, saying he's a good guy. I'm saying between him and Walter White, I'm on, I'm on team Frank. No, because Walter in some ways is even worse than Lalo. Yeah. In the sense in that he's much more calculating and he's much, he's much smarter. Yeah. Smarter than all of them. I mean, that. Well, and one of the crazy things that makes him such a captivating villain, you know, the Walter White is 
like someone like Lalo, he's part of this family of, and I'm not saying this excuses him in any way, shape or form. The man was a monster, but he came from this, you know, family of, you know, a dynasty of crime. Yeah. <laughs> right. From this dynasty of crime. And he's just living in the context that was placed for him. Whereas Walter chose every bad thing he did. He chose every bad thing he did. He was not born into this. He, like, he was a guy who was frustrated and uh, feeling impotent and feeling that he, the world owed him something. And so he went out and he found a way to make the world notice him. Yeah. He wanted to be, like, he so desperately needed to be told that he was special that he became the world's best meth cook and crime kingpin. Yeah, and he was dying. So And he was dying. No skin off his back. He was dying anyway. Yep. So he got to be this horrible, yeah. horrible person that he clearly always was. Mm -hmm. It just that was always there in him. It was always in check. So you know, it's uh, Yep. Yeah. You know, the little scene with Jesse Pinkman was nice. Oh, I love it that. It was nice. All those little things. And as, as I said, is Saul, Saul, so is, is Saul, is this lawyer any good? And she says, well. He was when I, I knew him. him. <laughs> oh, so such a perfect line. Yeah, he was when I knew him. Well, and I mean, and that's the thing that I loved so much about the ending is, yes, he's in jail. And yes, he's Saul Goodman to all the other inmates, right? Yeah. But you really believe it. And it is so, I think, emotionally resonant that when he's in that, when he's in the courthouse and when he says, uh, when the judge in the last time refers to him as, uh, <laughs> refers to him as Saul Goodman and he says, I am James McGill. And he opens up his jacket and he sits down. Yeah. You know, let the record show that I am James McGill. And you're like, you believe it that that's because he's, you could say maybe he's just performing for Kim, but I honestly believe it from him in that moment that he is finally willing to stop running from all the stuff he did. Yeah. And when he says I'm, you know, that he's Jimmy McGill that time, he finally means it. Yeah. You know, and he, oh. and he can be Saul Goodman again, if he wants to, oh, yeah. because he's in, he can be it for the other criminals. Well, yeah. He's in a confined environment. There will never be any, like, He's never getting out. He's never going to be a threat to anybody. No. And he, he can finally just let it go. Yep. The, the the things that are driving him, he gets the the punishment that ultimately, when has to admit, he probably, no, probably he deserved. Yeah, you no. Know, because he aided and abetted everything. Yeah, everything. everything. And he says as much, you know? Yeah. Like he, he knew what was going on and he uh, aided it and he abetted it and he cashed the checks and he got his millions of dollars. Yeah. And he, and that's the key part. And he loved it. He loved the thrill of it. He loved being part of this incredible organization. <laughs> and then it all fell apart real fast. And we all saw American greed. Mm-hmm. God, that was nice. The TV show. The episode of American Greed. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say, like, we've been saying for years that this is a better show than Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. And this last episode only goes to prove that. 
oh yes it's uh, you know it's really funny and what's funny about it is that they probably didn't envision that when they first started doing breaking bad no but they couldn't have no but i i don't know that they knew that uh somehow or another bob odenkirk i mean can you believe bob odenkirk winning all these emmys and doing this incredible dramatic performance i know who saw that coming yeah who saw that but not me i think my, my well yeah i mean he is fantastic uh but my favorite thing right is that is the story the you know in no way apocryphal this actually happened story that like um when they got finished shooting the first ep the like the the first episode with bob odenkirk in it the episode of breaking bad called better call saul you know, like Peter Gould, you know, turned to the rest of the crew and was like, I think we could do a spinoff with him. Yeah. I think I think this guy deserves his own show. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah. He really did deserve his own show. It was. Uh, I, I mean, I still, you know, I mean, I'm still in awe of this. This final those final six episodes were just stunning. They're so good. They really are. You know. Yeah, like I didn't know. I they well, um, I didn't know if they were gonna able to be able to pull off like doing it all. Like no more, no more flashbacks, no more beloved characters, none of that. No, except in very tiny doses. Like, are they really gonna make the last days of Gene into a compelling show? And they pulled it off. Yeah, they more than pulled it off. It was it, it was unbelievable. So yeah, the best show, like right at the top. <laughs> Right at the top is uh, Better Call Saul. It's just the best show, and it has the best ending. Wow. Just just an incredible, incredible run. You know, I've watched the whole show like four times, five times. Well, and now I'm going to be able to watch the ending to put it all in context, too. Well, the thing is, is that it, it, it now makes it easier to watch. Like, I have... Yeah. found it so difficult at times to watch these people self-destructing. Yeah. I mean, but now you know what the end point is. To the point, to the point where she's become a gray person, a non-entity. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, and Jimmy's still doing what Jimmy does. That's mm -hmm. all, you know, um, not learning anything making the wrong decision every over time. and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> and all these people dead around him that at some point those ghosts, I mean, because that's why he keeps doing the crime and you, it's not just the adrenaline rush. It's to keep the ghosts away. Yeah. Yeah. To keep like Maybe. feeling like, well, if he can keep being Saul Goodman, you know, and also slipping Jimmy, but if he can keep being Saul Goodman, then he doesn't have to deal with Jim, James McGill's problems and James McGill's past. Yeah. If he can keep, if he can just keep being Saul Goodman. Well, that ended. Huh. Yeah. Uh, well, the episode is literally called Saul Gone. Yeah. Which is so funny. Any yeah. So just, just a miraculous show. And one of those great shows that so rarely happens where when you get to the end, it feels like they had every bit of it planned out. I'm sure they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but they've managed to write it so consistently and so effectively that it feels like they had the whole thing planned out. Yeah. Like when you're watching uh, Breaking Bad, 
you can tell that they were making this up as they went along and they did a really good job and it's a really good show. But like every season they would decide what the threat was and they decide where they're going. But it's like with Better Call Saul, every new season is such a logical complication of what came before that it makes it feel like they're just telling one story. Like that, that was all completely planned out, even though, like I said, I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah, so, well, they probably just, they might have had a better handle on this because they were they. they did have the constraints of Breaking Bad. Yeah, to add a, act as a framework, and they, yeah. well, when you know where all the characters end up, yes, it does make it easier to craft that. But at the same time, yeah. you know, they knew where they knew where Jimmy ended up. They hadn't created Chuck yet, you know. <laughs> They hadn't planned out Chuck's story, but Chuck's story ends up working perfectly and reflecting on Jimmy perfectly. Yeah. You know, they hadn't created Kim yet. Like, so they had to do all of this and use them all in ways that made it completely effective. So yeah, mm -hmm. just a great piece of work. No, and the and the and the end is the is the end. You know, and they might have actually written the end before they you know, yeah. like they yeah. outlined the the sort of the end. Like they must have known Jimmy had to end up in jail. Yeah, I've really feel when like they, they started did. this. Whenever it was going to end, whenever there were going to be no more seasons, they knew he was going to get to jail, and yeah. maybe they had the slightest idea of how that was going to happen. But like, and now you realize in retrospect that five minutes of Gene's life, right, that we got at the start of every season, yeah is all about lighting the fuse that's going to make him turn back into Saul Goodman. Right? The fact that he can't, that he can't live like this. It's all shot so oppressively. Oh, it was so oppressive. Oh, gee. Oh, such a good show. From all right. So uh, we're going to wrap it up here, but we can't say enough good things about Better Call Saul. Um, are, have you, are you finally going to watch El Camino? Yes, I uh, I am finally going to watch El Camino, so we'll discuss that at some point. Yeah, we're probably going to talk about that at some point because it's also, in its own way, closure for the um, uh, for the Breaking Bad universe. Although technically, it is set before uh, the events of the last five episodes of Better Call Saul, which are actually set uh, quite a few, like six months after. Uh, the events of El Camino. But that's a conversation for another time. Yes. Uh, it's closure for Jesse Pickman, and that's what counts. All right. And, of course, are we going to go back and look at uh, Breaking Bad at some point? Who knows? Like we said, we may just watch the whole thing and have a, a discussion <laughs> about the characters and their arcs, because that's ends up being the most fascinating part. For now, though, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you are listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, please remember to rate and review the show. That's how people find it. We're going to see you back here next week for more Wire in the Blood, but until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks podcasting network.